When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It is football season in Lincoln again. It's Hale Varsity Radio on the road at the single barrel inside the graduate every home football Friday. And uh, you may be viewing us uh, live on Facebook Live with ESPN Lincoln. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. And if you're making your way towards Lincoln, if you're in town for Nebraska Fordham, that's been on the calendar well, not long, but it is circled because it's time to get a win, Cranach. Good to see you. It's good to You've see you. been eyeing all of the bourbons that the Single Barrel has to offer, and they have over 250 whiskeys from around the world. And we have toyed with you trying every single one of them between now and six. Look, we all need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Can we be honest? We all need a drink. And they have a lot of them here at the single bar. It's my first time here, by the way. It's nice. It's, it's awesome. I, I love that they got the they got the windows kind of overlooking the the Haymarket area, uh, basically floor to ceiling. So you got a nice view, and then like you mentioned, two hundred fifty. They even have Slain. Tell me, tell me, Slain Irish whiskey. Yeah, we're gonna be having that in Dublin next year. Okay. Yes. I haven't had it yet. It's but it's it's uh it's triple it's aged in like three different casks. So it's got like bourbon cask, a sherry cask, and then just virgin oak, right? So it's got this really unique flavor. Apparently, we'll we'll confirm. We will confirm later, and God knows we all need it. What what a freaking week! Yes, it's been a week. God. It's been a a tough go for Nebraska fans, but uh, that uh, that that is a, that that ten at uh, two or the two at ten, whatever we we used to call it. Uh, on O Street uh, is is in Lincoln for an 11 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. That guaranteed yes, the win. You would think. You, you would think. You would hope. You don't take anything for granted now. You, you don't. Uh, we are excited to be here inside the graduate, another football season here at the single barrel. We want you to come on down. We have goodies, Husker goodies. We have some, uh, some, some uh, bush latte uh, koozies. We've got Husker gear. ESPN koozies, why make all the road trip for the koozie? Because it's going to keep your beer cold tomorrow while you're tailgating. Uh, There are Top Golf swing suites, and there's a table full of Husker fans swinging away. Uh, I think an iron has just been dusted off. The Top top Golf simulators are incredible. Greg Smith uh, with Hale Varsity going to be with us in 20 minutes. A recruiting thought and just a general take on Nebraska uh, with Greg. We'll dive into what Trev said to Tom. Tom Chatella, the Omaha World Herald, in a Q&A. The talent around Adrian, a discussion that needs to be had because there's some game-breaking talent uh, that, that got to watch a lot of the game uh, from the sidelines yesterday. Numbers to get in, 466 
76-800-825-5865. Again, Facebook Live, uh, we are streaming, so if you want to send your comments that way, uh, you can absolutely interact on the show and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, at Mark Skurs for Mark Cranach, and at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. He has got the Southeast and Southwest ball game tonight on KFOR. So uh, just to review real quick, one of the top bourbon bars uh, in the country, in the world. Okay, that is no joke when we talk about single barrel. Uh, we invite you down here. And, of course, uh, the Graduate Hotel and Single Barrel proud to, to partner for catering both on and off the premises for all occasions, big or small. Now that things are quasi back to normal, I know that there's still things uh, rocket around here pandemic-wise, but uh, more and more folks are going out. More and more folks are following through at their weddings, catering, uh, meeting spaces, corporate events, uh, the graduate and the single barrel. You're a one-stop shop because they are incredible. And uh, give uh, them a phone call at 402-904-4631 or email info at the single barrel Dot com. Uh, Bill Dolman will be with us, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports in Hour 2. He'll be on site with us, so if you want to Bill Dolman or a uh, an autograph that looks like... Uh a guy named T.O. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Bill can sign a koozie for you. The Friday forecast commences at 5:40 with his uh, red and imaginary Clausburn. Oh, he's back. He is back. That is so good. Clausburn will be with us. Let's dive in, uh, Cranach, to the uh, the sit down. Tom Chattel and uh, Trev Alberts. Tom, a uh, friend, and does an amazing job. Has for three decades with the World Herald, and when we get to uh, the gist of the, of the conversation a lot of pointed things said not and you can read into it however you want to read into it but uh trev alberts is, is a no nonsense no bs guy we've covered trev and, and had you know chances to chat with him over our career and he's a look you in the eye a firm handshake type dude and uh just some things that that really stick out uh, from what uh, Trev Alberts had to say uh, on top of what, what an AD's office is, is filled with, and that's mood lighting, a fireplace, and a shower. A little bit of a little excess. <laughs> a little, yeah. little excess. A little over. bit of Steve Peterson yeah. left over, a little, L- bit little of Bill, Bill Moose, Moose left over. I wonder what the bar looked like for the Moose. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, of course it, didn't leave anything behind. No, uh, just, yeah, we'll just move on. Just a mess. <laughs> Just moving on from there. But fundamentals, toughness, no excuses. Yeah. That's kind of Trev Albert, Albert's uh, mantra here. And it's cool to hear that, yeah, every Sunday there's a meeting between head football coach and athletic director. That's uh, that's important. But uh, when it came to football and, and Sunday's meeting after the Nebraska-Illinois debacle, uh, it wasn't a, a, a situation where Trev was – saying, look, I'm not surprised, but there were some things that clearly progress needs to be, to be made. There are a lot of glaring things that were frustrating, and that's quite honestly how a lot of the state felt. Uh, it wasn't that just go beat Illinois, but if even if you would have lost to, to an Illinois team, the, the jury's out on. We don't know how they're going to be. We know they'll be uh, more of a threat under, under Brett Bielema. But what we do know is, is Nebraska didn't play their best football game. Uh, in fact, they played a similar football game to what's been the case for three years and beyond. Uh, it's, it's maddening, and I know you've talked about it all week, and I know we've thought about it all week, and all fans have talked to all their long-lost friends that they still connect with over Husker football, and it's just, there's nothing left to say. 
at this point, right? You're just you're just sort of sick of talking about it. You're sick, sick of watching the same show. Back to Trev, though. The thing that I've been noticing about him really ever since that NCAA investigation was announced mm-hmm. and kind of the awkwardness, you know, just visually between Trev and between Scott. There is something we can speculate on what, we can guess on what. There's something that is not sitting right with Trev and hasn't been. Hasn't been. Even losses. before. Losses. No, 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 no. And how, how those losses look, bud. But, it, but even before the Illinois game. Now, I, there, was, there was one kind of underappreciated moment from that press conference, the hastily announced one, right? It, it was after, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? The, the reporter that broke it. Uh, Brett, uh, uh, the reporter that broke it. McMurphy. McMurphy. Thank you. McMurphy. He, he breaks the Murph. Yeah, he breaks the story about, uh, about Nebraska being un, under investigation. Trev responds pretty quickly. Basically pulls Frost directly off of the practice field after practice to get in front of the cameras and to address Spit it. Spit your chew out and stand right. next to me. Well, and that part was all awkward, right? But I don't know if you remember this. Trev, during that time, like after Trev spoke, he's like, and uh, Scott is here with me, and uh, certainly if you have any football questions, uh, you, can, you can ask Scott about that uh, while Scott is here. And then they you know, take a couple questions. This is after the awkward moment of, where does Scott stand and all that? The, the pulling towards the podium. Right, right. So a little bit later in that, and this was only like five or six minutes, but in the last probably 30 seconds, taking the invitation that Trev extended uh, about, hey, Scott's here to talk about football. If you want to talk about football, somebody asked about Illinois. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Some, somebody in the press asked about Illinois. Scott starts answering the question and gets to a kind of a natural spot to end on and Trev's like okay there, there will be plenty of time to talk about Illinois let's shut it well, down yeah so so Trev invited people to talk about football mm-hmm. he invited the press to ask questions they ask one question he hurries Scott off stage Scott's reaction all right you know how when you're just sort of like what was that kind of thing but you don't <laughs> say it yeah. so S- Scott had like 13 blinks when that happened when Trev started cutting it off. We're counting the blinks. I'm, well, I'm, I'm estimating. I'm just messing with you. This is where we're at. We're counting blinks at this point. No, but, I mean, he just, like, kind of blinked his head like, like, okay. Like, he was not expecting that. They are not on the same page is my point. Hmm. Right? And I think Trev is trying to get there. I think Trev has a certain standard. I think Scott has a similar standard, but is he, take, is he making the right steps to achieve that standard? Right? I think that's maybe where the disconnect is, where the difference is. But they were definitely not on the same page that day. There's no question about that. And then you think about, think about Frost. So he finally gets an athletic director. He's coming off of three losing seasons. And this is his debut performance in front of the new AD. A dude who knows. A dude who knows football. Ooh. A Buckus Award winner. A black shirt. You know, multi, all-American, early draft, like the dude knows ball. <laughs> You're not, this is an I-course, right? This is, you know, maybe I-course knows football, sorry. But do you know what I'm saying? There's, they are this not This is one of your right football now. peers. Right, and Trev, in that article with Tom Chattel, it's not so much what he's saying. He's not directly calling out Scott Frost, but he is making really clear what, what he, he values, mm-hmm. which is somebody that grinds, somebody that gets 
after it. Somebody that doesn't have a lot of hobbies. Take from that what you will. Well, Take from that what you will. I, it brings the question. I what, don't know. What, what I don't about, know what, what Frost is doing in his off time. No, we don't. We don't know. I mean, and, and but, to, to, to get where he's at right now, there is a, a big-time ability to game plan, to, to call plays, to recruit, to evaluate, to develop. An you, ability you, that we've seen. At high levels. Well, Oregon but not and, consistently. And no, no. Not consistently. No, you're right. That ability is in there. There's no question. Like it's not like, look, Frost was the coach of the year when he got hired here, mm-hmm. right? You, you don't you don't go undefeated and become coach of the year, and you can say, oh, he caught lightning in a bottle, maybe to a degree, of course. You don't go undefeated, but come on, you don't you don't have dudes running that wide open in your offense, which he still does, by the way. He still <laughs> does. He still now, Illinois last week maybe not as much because the pressure got to folks and you weren't playing the right, right wide receivers. Whatever, but what is pretty obvious right now with Trev I think he's, he's not comfortable with where, where things are at he's just not he's not comfortable with of course nobody's comfortable with the results but I don't think he's comfortable with how things are being done he had a chance in this World Herald article in his talk with Tom Chattel he had a chance to say I'm interested in, the, in your championship habits right which he said yep he did but you know what he did not follow that up with and I see that from Scott. And I see that from Coach Ross and, and these guys. They are – he has championship – he didn't say any of that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he had a chance. There's a window. He had a, There's a door to walk mm-hmm. through there. He and had when, a and chance when you, when to you, do it. He did not do it. Why? Well, because the, the, the practices he has observed, what's he seeing? And the other part of this, too, are you practicing championship habits all the time? Yeah. And and that's to me that's more of all the a time, clue. not some of the time. Yeah, all the time versus some of the words. time. And we're going to parse through every word and take it all. And, out, and he's right. And, and he's not going to throw out an eight or a nine and attach it to his head football coach because he's very right when he says, yeah. "Look, you can have a great year in the Big Ten and still go seven and five. Yeah, that's a reality. The pride of Fairbury walks in, says hello. <laughs> uh, we'll hear from Bill Dolman a little bit, but it, it's interesting here where we go. Uh, Will Bolt quoting the article from Tom Chattel in his Q&A with Trev Alberts. Will Bolt and his baseball team are tough. They're not afraid of anybody and do things the right way all the time. The Braskins can identify with that. Uh-huh. People have to work hard. I like people who work hard. Uh, I have no hobbies. It's my family and work. That's all I do. I want people who work hard, hate to lose, and do things the right way. He could have said, comma, like I have in, in Coach Scott Frost. Coach. He did not do that. He, re- he called out. So the only time, now who knows what Tom left on the cutting room floor. There could be multiple things. This isn't necessarily What's a full What's not being said is the, is the discussion. Right. Mm-hmm. It, he, the only the only specific reference to Frost was that he was disappointed. Yeah, he's, Coach Frost and the and the and the team are just as disappointed or more disappointed than anybody else. That's the only thing he attributed directly to Frost. Calls out Will Bolt specifically. Calls out his program specifically. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so, in a good way. Surprise, too strong a word, but glaring things. 
and you're and he's right. You can be a better football team in October than you are game yeah. one. Let's he's, see if he's Nebraska. He's saying it ain't over, but he's saying, "Hey, dude, hey, brother, <laughs> this is <laughs> you know, stuff is not good Th- right this now." This is this is a little bit of notice to yeah. to get after it. You were here at the single barrel. Inside the graduate here till 6, it's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. We're here every home football Friday. That is Mark Cranach. Chris Schmidt will have Bill Dolman on site with us. Plenty of goodies to hand out for you. Uh, T-shirts, Husker gear, uh, a lot of good stuff from the Alumni Hall, Husker headquarters. As uh, we roll forward, we'll check in as uh, Greg Smith will join us uh, in just a touch, get his thoughts on recruiting, get his thoughts on where Nebraska's at. We'll dive into some Minnesota-Ohio State reaction and what tomorrow's all about for the Big Red. Yeah, they need to win. Yeah, they need to be impressive. But what can they ramp up to being between now and Norman? It's Hale Varsity from the Single Barrel. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back here at Hale Varsity Radio, we are here at the Single Barrel. Chris Schmidt, Mark Rainack, Bill Dolman in the on-deck circle. And a reminder here about uh, the Single Barrel and the Graduate. Uh, you want to talk about great lunches and dinner menus, big old thick Nebraska steaks. Dude, we are going that is to a do- big selection. And it's not just like, you get your choice of New York Strip or Salisbury. <laughs> no, this is like the real <laughs> legit steakhouse. Like, yes. 250 whiskeys from around the world. And uh, it's been named the Single Barrel, one of the top uh, bourbon bars in the country, in the world, by Bourbon Review. Get on down here. We're here till 6. We're here home football Fridays. Dude, Plenty of Nebraska goodies. perfect here. I mean, really, it's yeah. awesome. Like, you have, a, you have a view of the entire hay market. It's, it's outstanding. It's awesome. And uh, they have two top golf suites for you to swing away and take some money or just enjoy uh, the, the bragging rights. And, uh, of course, the graduate and single barrel, your go-to for catering, weddings, events, corporate meetings, meeting spaces. Uh, we want to see you down here. Uh, let's bring in uh, Recruiting Insider with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. The uh, Straight Up Breakdown podcast is phenomenal. A great listen each week. We say hi to Greg Smith. Greg, how you doing? Thanks for uh, spending with uh, Friday with us. What's, what's up, man? Hey, I am well. I don't feel it doesn't feel like I'm as good as you guys though, because I wish I had my invite must have got lost in the mail to come down to the single barrel today. Hey, I got a, I got a headset here, and we'll see how quickly the the Greg Mobile can can make it around the capital <laughs> city, down, my friend. Greg. Yeah, come on down. <laughs> It'd be good to see you, because I know you're a, you're a connoisseur of, of all things steak, my friend. Yeah, a, a ribeye would sound like hit the spot right about now. That, that'd be money. Well, uh, a win will hit the spot tomorrow. Uh, let's spend a little bit of time here on the, uh, the the damage last Saturday did, not necessarily on the recruiting trail, but as a guy who's covered football for a while, uh, we know the buildup. We know what was kind of at stake, no pun intended, for Nebraska. See and, what you did there. Right. And now you have the rest of the season to, to try and make up for it. I think you've got great players on this team. I think you've got good coaches. And that needs to mix and mix in a hurry. What's your takeaway here as we head into Fordham? 
Yeah, I, I think that it, it's a tough spot to be in for Nebraska because you you come out of a first game where there's so much buildup and excitement, um, and you have all off season to think about this game, um, and then you lay an egg, and not only do you lay an egg, it looks exactly the same as some of the other ones have over the last three or so seasons, um, and it's really rough for Nebraska fans to think, okay, we've got a whole rest of the season that we'd love to be excited for, but how excited should we really be knowing what we just saw against a team that's going to be one of the worst opponents that you play all season? Like, it's just tough on Nebraska fans right now to kind of square that and then get re-excited for the season after seeing that on Saturday. Greg Smith with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Greg, okay, what about tomorrow against Fordham? Conventional wisdom says... You should be able to line up. You should just work on your run game. That should help you win by 40-plus. You should pile up a bunch of yards. Conventional wisdom in this area for the last decade doesn't matter. <laughs> do, do you think that's actually what will happen tomorrow? Do you think Nebraska will go run heavy, get that offensive line some reps, get those running backs some reps that they desperately need uh, in front of live competition, or – do you think they'll kind of mess around and, and try to stay balanced against Fordham tomorrow? Boy, it, it, I, you would like to think that they'll come out and run the ball, run the ball, and then run the ball some more to establish that rhythm um, just so that they can. I, I just think that the value of being able to go into film room on Sunday and actually have good stuff to show in the run game and to review would be great. But my level of faith that that's going to happen at 50-50 is what I would put that at because the problem is is Nebraska could go out and kind of sling it all over and be balanced or whatever and then end up still winning the game comfortably just because Fordham is going to be an outmatched opponent. But, boy, it would be, I think, one of the more encouraging things. And there's not a lot that people are going to be able to take away from the game, but one of the more encouraging things would be if Nebraska came out and ran the ball heavily to get that part of their offense going. Greg Smith with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at GregSmithHV. It uh, is where you find him on Twitter. We are going to work on some of the, uh, the StreamYard audio issues. The uh, Greg Smith fan club not hearing Greg, which is, which is awful. The, the radio crew is. That's incredible. Uh, so we'll, we'll get that figured out. Greg, when push comes to shove, what do you chalk up the um, – the, the the lack of commitment to run game being last Saturday. Do you, do you think it was, listen, we can't line up and do our thing, so let's start slinging it, and then obviously things got to a 21-point bulge, or do you think Nebraska ejected too soon patience-wise, all this being uh, a reality where half of Adrian's dropbacks, he was either hit, he was either hurried, or he was either sacked. So you've got a lot of rock and hard places to, to navigate through. Yeah, I, I think Nebraska ejected on the run too soon. Like I, I know a lot of people were watching last night um, for that uh, that Minnesota Ohio State game, and we were still deep into the fourth quarter with Minnesota down a couple of scores, and they were still running the football. Um, now it was not always you know long games, but they did have some mixed in there uh, for first downs. But I think that that's what people would like to see from Nebraska—that kind of commitment to the run. It's a different style, obviously, but that type of commitment to the run. 
Um, but I think the reasoning for that might be more of a lack of trust. And I think that there's a lack of trust between the different offensive linemen just because those guys have not had a lot of games together. It's, it's a young by, by class offensive line, but it's not young necessarily in time that they've been on campus. Um, and you know some of the communication issues they've had. You've got young running backs that are new and trying to work in. And then I think most importantly, you have a head coach and a play caller who seems to kind of panic about the run game very quickly and pull the plug on it and doesn't want to kind of just let it kind of materialize and kind of work its way throughout the game. So I think it's just a bad mix with what's happening in the run game right now for Nebraska. Look, that being said, you flip to the other side of the ball and you saw some really positive things defensively. I thought you saw a certain ferocity out of the defensive line and the four-man rush that you haven't seen against any opponent uh, in a long time. They looked old school. I mean, they really did. And look, Illinois is not you know the, the, the best offense in, on, on the planet, but those dudes were getting after it like you haven't seen in a long time. Um, and you finally saw guys like Caleb Tanner uh, – you know, start to start to maybe maximize the natural ability that he's always had. I mean, that guy's a freak when you see him in person. Um, and you saw him playing at a pretty high level, save for that weird penalty, of course. Secondary held their own as well. All, all those things said, uh, Greg, do you think that that is also something that Nebraska just has? Like, do they have a quality defense that if you get just some competence offensively, Nebraska's got a shot moving forward in every game. Yes, I absolutely think that. I think that Nebraska's defense, the the defense that you saw for the first kind of quarter and a half, I think is probably close to representative of what you could see for the majority of this season. Um, and the prob- but the problem is that you get so little from the other side of the ball that it magnifies every little thing that happens on that defense. So think about how much people have talked about that drive to open up the second half for uh, Illinois when they you know, had that classic Big Ten drive. And yes, you want to be able to get off of the field and you need to be able to adjust and make those plays. But that one drive should not have just completely demoralized Nebraska and put them in a hole to where they couldn't come back. If you had competent offensive play or average offensive play on the other side to play off of this defense, I think that you'd see them be you could have the chance to be even a little bit better because they could stay juiced up throughout a game. They know that the offense had their back. Like I feel like there's a little bit sometimes of a, oh, here we go again from the defense, knowing that they virtually have to be perfect to be able to keep Nebraska in a football game. Greg, listen to what we're talking about. Like, like, can you believe the content of what we just discussed when you compare it to, say, you know, a little under four years ago when Coach Frost first got here? It's unbelievable what we were just talking about. It makes sense. I think what you said is right, but, like, it's still unbelievable to me that that's what we're talking about here, the defense having to carry this thing. Yeah, not only is it un- unbelievable from when they first got here four years ago or, or, you know, around that, but even going into year one, you know, Coach Shenander, defense coordinator, was a whipping boy for a, for a while for that first year. And then all of a sudden, you kind of, he settles in and you realize that his side of the ball has gotten better every year. Um, and then you add in Coach Tony Tuioti coaching up that defensive line. Mike Dawson seemingly has done a nice job with outside linebackers. We know about Travis Fisher. And Barrett might be the, the most underrated uh, coach on staff like they've got I think some really good stuff going on that side of the ball um, and it is completely stunning like people would have, if we had told people this four years ago like they would have thought we were crazy Greg Smith's with us HailVarsity.com and Magazine Recruiting Insider at Greg Smith HV on Twitter and the Straight Up Breakdown podcast Greg a couple of minutes here 
who's in town to, to visit, either official or unofficial. Where's Nebraska at recruiting-wise here as uh, we, uh, we get into this first home event for the first time since 2019, since Iowa? Yeah, so it's interesting. Nebraska, for uh, I think a couple of reasons, has a, it's not a smaller overall visit list, but it's definitely eye-popping uh, when I tell you that there's only one official visitor coming into town this weekend, and it's already he's already a commit. Um, Victor Jones Jr., the wide receiver out of Florida, um, who's had a really nice start to his season after having a really good summer, um, and has really come on, I think, everybody's radar, um, is coming in for his first visit to Nebraska. He wasn't able to make it over the summer. Um, Nebraska's four in-state commits um, for both 2022 and 2023 will be in town for unofficial visits. Um, and I think that the big name to know for the 2022 class that'll be here on an unofficial is Vince Genitone, uh, the defensive athlete. I think Nebraska likes him as an inside linebacker from North Platte, uh, who racked up, I think, 17 tackles and a couple of sacks while also chipping in 97-yard rushing in his first game last week. Um, he's a guy to watch as Nebraska continues to monitor him, but there'll be a lot uh, of kind of preferred walk on targets, and then also some good 2023 guys uh, in the area to keep an eye on moving forward, too. Do we, go ahead. I was just going to say, do we know, does that change for, for Buffalo? Do, do you start to maybe get in some prospects that are definitely offer guys and are um, you know on, on, the, on the radar for Nebraska? I would lean no, that it does not change as of right now. But I, I think that that's more of – I think Nebraska is always going to have a kind of slower time in September this year um, and then kind of ramp things up as they continue to evaluate senior film. I think they're looking for senior film guys uh, for 22, especially considering they only have, you know, three, four, maybe five spots left in that class. Yeah. Greg Smith. Greg, awesome to get caught up. Thanks for jumping on. Where are you at tonight? Real quick. Uh, I'll be here in Lincoln at Seacrest for uh, Lincoln Southeast and Lincoln Southwest. Check well, out let, Elijah buy you, let, let Elijah get you a hot dog tonight, all right? He's Instead got the steak. Same difference. He's got you the call. Take care, Greg. Thanks for the time. Hey, have a good weekend, guys. We'll return here. Single Barrels, where we're at Hale Varsity Roadshow Friday. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could... Listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thank you. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Raynack, Elijah Herbal, back at our ESPN studios here at the Single Barrel. Inside the Graduate, our home for home football Fridays, 4 to 6. An amazing menu of incredible steaks and chops. And oh, yeah, by the way, over 250 whiskeys from around the world. The Single Barrel named one of the, the uh, Bourbon Review's best bourbon bars in the country and the world in 2021. We invite you out. Uh, they have Top Golf Suites uh, where you can swing the clubs. You can uh, get an old-fashioned. You can do it neat. You can do it on the rocks. However uh, you want to get it rolling. We're down here till 6. Grab a steak and a brew or a whiskey and uh, get your Husker game day on because Cranach, it's been since 2019, my friend. For real. Yeah, it is time. And uh, this is a great spot. I just can't get over the... Because you know sometimes you get into the hay market and it's all brick and it's great and you go inside like, you know, any of the any of the different establishments down here, but you're kind of huddled in there. You don't necessarily have a view. You know, you know what I mean? Right. Like you're just kind of looking... Here, you get to see the whole thing. And depending on where you're sitting, you can see part of the stadium. You can see the 
Uh, I mean, it's just a good view, Chris. I just one, I really appreciate the view. Wonderful uh, view. Just very happy with the view. Um, <laughs> but also <laughs> extremely happy with that whiskey selection, including Slane. And, and the good. thing is, is you were going to take one for the entire team and the entire state and try and work in, I don't know, at least half this first Friday road show. Half and of the 250? Half of the 250. Yeah, end up in detox. Well, I don't want to put you out, but well, I mean. 125 shots will do that. It, it could. Uh, so, yeah, I'll probably refrain. Maybe I'll just start. I'll, I'll, have, a, I'll have one or two or seven. I just, that's it, though. Numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Can also comment uh, on the ESPN Lincoln Facebook uh, stream here. We are uh, streaming live here with StreamYard, and uh, pretty incredible to uh, to interact and, and do feedback. Email Chris at alevarsity.com. We'll get to uh, a former player's email uh, a little bit later on about how he's going to stand with uh, the Big Red uh, through thick and thin. Which is cool. Which is incredible, and you know, a lot of been, lot has been spoken about with the uh, the sellout streak this week, how, how it's been extended and it's been extended the right way when it comes to underserved youth. I think that's incredible. Uh, I think we need to talk about uh, that'll get more butts in the seats uh, to full attendance versus paid attendance is seeing more on offense. And Nebraska's offense has been kind of hovering around that 21 to 24 point number uh, a lot of the time post Polini. It is bad. And uh, offensively last week, you did enough defensively to hold them to about 17. Okay. Uh, they got creative with some other scoring with a safety and a, and a scoop and score. So the thought is this, when it comes to rotation and that fine line of, okay, we need you to be doing things the right way all the time in practice to get playing time versus you've got some game breakers uh, that can run crossing routes, that can run stop and goes, that can take the top off. You need that balance of, yeah, you got to earn it on uh, Monday through Thursday to see Saturday, but there's some dudes that didn't get in that can help you win on Saturdays. You have Omar Manning, Xavier Betts, Will Nixon, uh, specifically, yeah. and it was just kind of a mess. The running back rotation continues to be a mess. Uh, they need to be better on the line. And then quite honestly, from a run game philosophy standpoint, Adrian ended up running 17 times, taking uh, at least 23 hits or hurries in the pocket, sacked five times. So he carried the football. You put a lot on him and his plate because he's the guy that he's the only guy really on offense that Bielema was worried about. So Okay, that's the route you're going to have to go. Diversify your running game. Let Adrian and whoever's back there be part of a zone read game uh, to help out an offensive line that couldn't line up and smash, at least last weekend against Illinois. Roll Adrian around in the pocket. Get him moving so he's not stationary because clearly he's had problems and is not comfortable in the pocket. He gets hit. He gets he gets stripped, whatever the case. And, and I want to see Nebraska going forward be better. They will be by default tomorrow. Buffalo, who knows? Norman's Norman. Michigan State, big game against Sparty tomorrow. Or, uh, yeah, tomorrow. So, Northwestern, uh, th- yeah. th- there's some, some hammer and chisel work that needs to be done uh, to get some points. You can get creative. You've shown that. And uh, you got to find, dare I say, take a drink, get your Husker bingo card out, that identity. And you are what you are, which is trying to be everything. Hone in. Hey, listen, 
I, I don't have the stats right in front of me to look it up, but I'm just trying to think, like, when has it worked out where you've thrown it 35 to 40 times a game Never. or where you just completely commit to the pass? <laughs> Put it that way. Like, when you completely commit to the – like, how has that worked for Nebraska? Like, ever. Um, not really well. Not really well. And it does take a certain amount of hard-headedness, determination, kind of call it what you will. But, I mean, it does take a commitment to it. Like, even if the run's not working, trust that it will. Right? Stay, trust that it will. Stay patient, right? And you know what? Hey, and if it doesn't, okay, well, then now you know. You can't pass or run. <laughs> so, you know, f- figure something out. I-, I don't know what you do at that point. But offensive line-wise is where I-, – I-, I look, I think Adrian just gets a little too much crap. I'm not saying the guy's a Heisman candidate. I'm not saying he's an NFL pick or anything like that. I'm not trying to defend him. He but needs I am help. saying, yeah, look, man, he he had he had very little time to throw. The receivers were not getting open against man coverage, probably because of like you mentioned, Alante Brown wasn't playing. I think he's, yeah, he was I coming forgot, off an injury. I forgot Alante. My bad. Um, you know, Xavier Betts wasn't playing because apparently he didn't practice well enough. Will Nixon, I'm not sure if he even made the trip. Omar Manning actually did get quite a few snaps, but it was one of the but, his but first at, ever action. But my point being, look at Omar dude, getting 18 yards on, on a on a, on a simple stiff arm and a dude on a yeah. simple play. Yeah, <laughs> but those those guys weren't getting off a of man coverage. They weren't getting open. So you compound. So if you're Adrian. Your options there are try to gun it into super tight man coverage, right? Probably not a great idea. Um, or, you know, bide your time to wait for somebody to get open. That's not working out either because... You get smoked. Yeah. It's like, I, I think the guy was in a kind of a no-win situation. Go win this uh, by yourself, carry it 17 times. I mean, he had over so 30 yards total offense. Well, so but that the, wasn't enough. But that's what keeps happening with this offense is that it just ultimately devolves into what I was running as a freshman at Able 13 on the flag football field. And you guys didn't go undefeated. No, we didn't. We, we did We did end up playing uh, ATO in the quarterfinals and uh, against all odds, really, Chris. I mean, nobody, <laughs> nobody really could have guessed that we would Mark go that far. But Rudy honestly, that, Cranach. No, but that's what it – that's – uh, but what it was was a very unstructured offense. I mean, really, <laughs> it, was, it was just like, "Hey, let's we got some fast dudes. Let's get them out on some swing passes." The able thirteen you know? offense. Yeah, uh, but that's what it devolves into all the time. Haven't you noticed that? Like, they come out with a plan, but ultimately it comes down to, "Okay, well, our passing game isn't working. Our run game isn't going. Psh, drop back to pass, and then Adrian, if you have a chance to run it, do it." That's what the offense actually is right now. That's what be, it is. It's got to be better than that. Yeah, that's yet. not the plan, but that's what it is. Tougher opponents. Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt. We're here at the Single Barrel Home Football Fridays. Come join us, 4 to 6. 250 whiskeys to choose from. Some thick old Nebraska beef. Some chops to get in, in on. And, of course, yes, the... Uh, the, uh, the suites that are incredible here, the Top Golf Swing Suites will wind down Hour 1. Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, going to join us at 5. Uh, Clausburn, the forecast on the way. It's Hale Varsity at the Single Barrel, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down this first hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. Your chance to come down and kick off uh, the return to football the right way. Grab yourself a steak, get yourself a whiskey, a 
a bourbon, a water, a beer, whatever you like. Mark Crane and Chris Schmidt, a reminder about our friends that do send us on the road. We were in Champaign last weekend. We're in Norman in uh, a couple of weeks. Oh, I can't believe you're still doing that. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing that? And because then you're going to be really sad in then, Oklahoma. Now nah, we're going to be hanging out with Barry Switzer. It'll be all right. Yeah. And then we're uh, headed to uh, Minnesota as the Goofers uh, gave Ohio State a, a lot of problems until Ohio State said, you know what, we're just going to out-talent you. But uh, one of our, our, our great sponsors help empower our road trips Ferris Financial Group, their goal to educate, to coach, and to help you towards your investment goals. They specialize in investment strategy, but they can also get a handle on budgeting with you, planning an overall strategy. And when it comes to transition, whether it's a new job or just going through a job change, Ferris Financial Group there for you. And uh, when it comes to your future goals, i.e. retirement, Ferris Financial Group, uh, the right choice. Uh, goals, end of life, or as you're getting started with your career or you're transitioning, it's Ferris Financial Group. Contact Marcus Schmidt today, marcus.schmidt at lpl.com on email or 402-525-6824. Marcus, someone incredible to sit down with and help get a grasp on things or just make things grow even more. can reach him at ferrisfinancialgroup.com. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-800-825-5865. A proud ATO member <laughs> was questioning your recollection <laughs> of, no, really of just what happened with Abel 13 <laughs> and uh, the it ATO really house. We were the only, we, I was the quarterback when Abel 6, uh-huh. and that was really disappointing. Get to college, you hear about co-ed floors, and I was on the only all-dude floor. Yeah, you blew uh, that part. I, I completely. And yeah. uh, so, but we did have one win. Uh, uh, I quarterbacked this, and that's my Al Bundy moment. Forgive me. Yeah. So, and was your offense similar? You know, it, here's the thing. In flag football, you would go against people that practiced and had a play sheet. We never practiced. Yeah, neither did we. We, we ran, we we ran practice 12-ounce curls before the game. No, we just ran the offense of, like, put a fast guy at quarterback, put a couple fast guys run in the a, backfield. Run a reverse. Yeah, just like, you know, and occasionally throw a, throw a seam. But mm-hmm. usually it was just dump it off, juke some dudes, like, you know, and that's – and, and have the quarterback run. Go to the bar afterwards. Which is what we watch every Saturday now. It's the Able 13 offense, and it's just like – and it's not by design, but that's what it always becomes, <laughs> the Able 13 offense. And you're just like, no, no, that's not how it should be. There, there, sh- there should be more – I understand you're going to have broken plays sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's great that you have a quarterback like Martinez that can take advantage of those times. But that should not be your primary yard getter. Like, that's what it is. The 75-yard touchdown was, was a break. Which, hey, it's great. Like, that's awesome. You take it. But, like, you need to have stuff that actually works out within the framework of an offense. Like, that would be cool, too. It's Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt. We're here at the Single Barrel Roadshow Friday, every home football Friday here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate downtown here in the Haymarket. The pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, joins the party here on site. Come see us here till 6. It's Hale Varsity Hour 2. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's uh, Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal is incredible. He's like, loser, unmute yourself. So we just unmuted ourselves. Smart. Yeah. Since it is a radio show. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, always important here. Uh, we are here at the Single Barrel. Chris Schmid, Mark Rainack, the pride of Fairbury with the light shining down, Bill Dolman. It is kind of angelic, isn't it? A little it bit. Is, yeah. Can you say a prayer for the rest of the season? <laughs> I do every day. <laughs> it hasn't quite worked out. What, All of God's have timing. Have you thought about praying harder? All of God's timing, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Bill, good to see you. It's great to see you. Uh, the first time listener, long time caller. I, I know you are. Uh, Bill Dolman with us. Uh, we're here at the Single Barrel. 250 different whiskeys from around the world. Come pour yourself one. Get yourself a steak. Welcome back to college football. I know the opener was week zero in, in Champagne. We were in Champagne. And. Uh, not popping Champagne. We were not. It was uh, a little rough. And uh, it'll be better tomorrow. Tomorrow. Will it? Well, it needs. Okay. <laughs> Presumptuous, are we? It's, it's got to look better, doesn't it? I mean. By default, we were saying that last week. If we get Lucy to rip the football out from us a second week in a row of what it's supposed to look like versus what it is. Uh, the Nebraska fan, my God, I'm going to give you all a hug. Because it's just going to be really, really rough. What will please the stadium blood <laughs> if anything I, I mean really like what you need a live chicken it's i know and a it's, bottle of joe boo's finest because it's going to be restless there is going to be very little patience you know if nebraska goes three and out first drive or something like that there's going to there's going to be murmurs immediately what will please the fans tomorrow in the stadium well i think if you see those kinds of perform uh, the kind of performance that we used to see those first four weeks of the year Mm -hmm. from about 1979 78 79 on through 1998 where you had you know four lambs on the the sacrificial stone (laughs) you know and you're and you're winning 56 to the three or 56 to seven or something along those lines i think that's probably what would be acceptable uh, but if you find yourself in a, you know, a battle like you did against what was it Southern Miss that one year when Joe Daly ran the ball out of bounds on fourth down, oh yeah, uh, that probably won't go over very well. That's just my guess. No, <laughs> no, and oh geez, it's just so worrisome. It, it's just like you question everything because look, you know, you know, talent wise, size wise, all the measurables, Nebraska should obliterate a team like Fordham. It, we all know that. The, the problem is, is that you know it's not just about that. It's not. I'm not walking into there, into there tomorrow thinking it's a 40, 50-point win at all. It would be great if it was. You're thinking 38-17, something similar to that? Or are you just thinking? You don't know what to expect because they are so creative in ways to lose and F things up. They just, right? They, they are so creative. Like, that was, that was a masterpiece last weekend in terms of creativity of how to blow a game. The safety on the punt return, 
still continues to mystify me just a little bit. It, it reminds me of a, uh, a high school basketball game that I was in at the greater Fairbury metropolitan area. And, and my, 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 my dear friend Dave Ward, I threw him the ball, and Dave shot the ball at the wrong basket oh, but got fouled. <laughs> so did he get three free throws? It's one of those things where you're watching it going, wait a minute, did, did I just, you know, I'm standing on the court, you know, now this is 35 years later going, did I see what I saw then? And then, then now it's like, did I see somebody get a safety on a punt return throwing the ball out of the end zone? It's just one of those things where you're just kind of scratching your head, like how is that even possible? But it was. But, you know, you know go back 30 years or, or 40 years or whatever the case might be, you would be doing a sports talk show right now, and we would be talking about how the Oklahoma game was going to fare in two months. Mm-hmm. We would be talking about Nebraska, Missouri coming up in four weeks in October because that was always the black and sure. blue game, and we'd be talking about the Sooner game at the end of November. We wouldn't be talking about Florida. No. We wouldn't be talking about Buffalo. We wouldn't be talking about Michigan State, no. any of those games. We would st- right now our focus would be on the Sooners in November because we just knew how, what the story was going to be. It's, Nebraska football used to be like your favorite bedtime story that mom or dad would read you when you were five. You just knew, you know, how the bunny and the lamb were going to get together at the end of the book, right? (laughs) And everybody says, I love you to the moon and back. And now it is like, you don't think Fordham really could come in here. You don't think Arkansas you, State. You, you don't lost think a group USA, of five. Northern Illinois. Northern right. Illinois. Yeah, you just don't. But it's 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 happened, mm-hmm. and you're in a new world, which we'll get to in a moment, Bill, with BYU and Central Florida and Houston and Cincinnati, uh, in a moment. But yeah, what 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 will make you happy tomorrow? Uh, the defense plays great. The defense forces turnovers. Adrian's not beat up. You find a running back, and you can line up and run the football. Hell, throw yeah. some option in, okay? Yeah. That would get some cheers. Yeah. Uh, and it may actually work. It will work on offense. But just having a, a game plan being crisp and, and having a situation where you're not helping the other guy out. And, and listen, you go through and, and – you look at the graphic right towards the end, that, that final drive, Fox got the graphic right. Scott Frost, 5-12 and 12 in one-possession games. Every, yeah. 80% of your Big Ten games are going to be one-possession games. Mm-hmm. They just are. Yep. So you're 5-12, and 12, now you're 5-13, and 13, and you go through all 12 to 13 of those losses. You've been blown out a handful of times. Yep. That's it. That's Ohio it. State a couple times. That, yeah. Minnesota got gotcha. you. But yep. but other than that, you've been in every ball game, yep. and and you've lost a lot of them not with a not with a safety on a punt return, or but you've had a few scoop and scores. You've had situations where your quarterback's been a pinata. You've had a lot of ball games where there's been no run game. It's been Adrian save us again. Yeah. So that's that's the the, the part of this uh, same movie commentary by the coach i know you're kind of checking out a little bit of trev sitting down with tom chattel uh and it just needs to look better and for the life of me we've been trying to wrap our arms around we know the how but the why why does it look so muddled Mm -hmm. and i don't believe that they don't have a practice plan i don't believe that they don't have a system where uh now in 2021 you're going to try and develop a second or third team guy. I think there's a better focus on trying to get reps in development because in the Big Ten, you're going to have to win with a third team eye back or a third team tackle. You're just going to. 
So I don't think it, it's it's an off the um, the radar type regiment or practice schedule or or development setup. I think that's that that Nebraska blueprints there. What's the what's the contact been like? What's this physicality been like? Don't know. Not not been there. Haven't seen it. But they're bigger and stronger. They aren't getting worked on the offensive. I should say on the defensive line anymore. So it's working for the defense. Guys like a, a Miles Farmer can come in pretty fresh in a limited time and make plays, play fast and play confident. You see the linebackers do their thing. You've, you've seen better improvement, and uh, you hope to see a situation with the, the outside backers continue to get after the quarterback. But on the offense, man, it's been a mess, and they just don't seem on the same page with play calling, game. And this is the question I have, and it would, it would, it would really hurt him. But is it time for full control to be delegated when it comes to play calling? And I think Scott's an incredible play caller. He's shown that at Oregon. He's shown that at Central Florida. But when, when there's been more Lubick in the it's play calling. It's not his call, job right now. When, when, it, when there's been more Lubick in the play calling, that's when Nebraska's offense has, has thrived a little bit more consistently. You look at Rutgers, and, uh, of course, you look at Purdue last year. Yes, Rutgers. Yes, Purdue. But no one's a yes at midnight anymore. I, I'm kind of amazed at how big of a deal that has become as to who's calling the plays. Yeah. You know, and that. Did it, did that it, it, you know, but I know, did but that, it look that, structured you got to know. You know, you've got an offensive coordinator. You have a head coach who who's part of the whole thing. But that really is a big deal around here. And I, what's it supposed to look like tomorrow? It's supposed to look. It is supposed to look clean. It is supposed to look organized. It, that's supposed to look like Nebraska football. And that people know what good football is around here. Even though we may not have seen much of it the last 20 years, there's still enough people around to go, that looks right, that doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's third down and eight, and we're throwing passes that are five yards. It, it looks like Matt Schaub and Gary Kubiak with the Houston Texans, you know, 10 years ago, where you're like, why aren't we supposed to get the first down here and not make it just closer for the punter? Yeah. You know? So people around here know. Out in Colorado where I am, people go to a football game and they look out and they go, those mountains are really pretty. <laughs> people go to a Nebraska football game and they go, that doesn't look like a pretty offense. It doesn't look like it's supposed to look. We know what it's supposed to look like because there's still enough people around here who still get it and who still know. And that's, that's the issue that it has. To, I think people will be satisfied if it's 49 to 17 as long as it looks clean and it looks like it's supposed to look and you're not making silly mistakes and you know you move the ball and everything looks pretty efficient if drives are long and they're taking eight minutes off the clock and it ends up with the touchdown to look good people will go okay that's good we don't need the 75 yard pass play for a touchdown it's look we need organized. 75 yards and 10 plays that looked good from start that was a good book that we just read all right not just the comic strip that's what Nebraska people still understand about the game. Can the organization happen moving forward? I, I think there's I feel like you need second it. guessing. I think there's uh, overthinking. I, and I think there's trust issues. I think there's absolute trust issues with wanting to run the football, being able to run the football. And when push comes to shove, feeling confident that it can get done. And I mean, Illinois not Ohio State, it's not Minnesota, it's not Wisconsin, it's not Iowa. And you weren't able to move anybody, and circumstances dictated, all right, got to make up three touchdowns in a hurry. But before then, 
You didn't get complimentary football. You didn't get a stop to begin the third quarter after a scoop and score, and the air went out of the balloon. I got to believe in that at halftime. You can't have the here we go again mentality. But uh, how can't you have it if you're a player? Look, you need certainty. <laughs> I think that's the one thing that is just sorely lacking uh, on Nebraska's offense right now. I don't think they know. If they know what they want to be, if they do actually know that and they do actually practice for that, that's not how it plays out in games. The way it plays out in games is, oh, my God, our approach isn't working. Adrian, run for your life. Like, that's what it is. That's what the offense actually is. That's not what you want it to be. That's what the offense actually is. should be a bit of a sprinkling versus the so, whole Sunday. So if you do not want that to be you, if you do not want that to be your offensive identity, you need to be certain about what it is you want to do who you want to play, who gets snaps, who doesn't, what you're going to do if it's not going to plan. I just feel like they go in with a plan. Usually the first drive's pretty good, right? First drive usually, usually looks pretty solid. Yeah, sure. It's a nice scripted drive. You're like, okay, this works. And then it just, like, it falls apart. So at that point, what do you do? Is it really just drop Martinez back and have him scramble? Is I, that, I, I is don't that think the plan? You can't have him be... A drop-back quarterback. you got to roll the pocket, run pass, option him, and make him part of the right. run game with the running back. Don't, don't you guys think? Or am I, am I jumping to conclusions after four years of watching? They're just not certain about what it, – it just seems like they just lack conviction, certainty on what they want to be come hell or high water. Here's what I think, and I'm right about this. Good. There needs to be an addendum in the playbook – that when the expected front or whatever defense you're expecting to see is is shown or whatever un- things come up that are unexpected and you're going, oh, we weren't expecting that. Okay, well, let's go to the back five pages <laughs> of the playbook. One of them is back three pages of the playbook. One page is option left. Page two is option right. Short side. Page three is fullback trap. And we're just going to do that until they figure, well, this, we don't know what the hell Nebraska's doing. Because Bobby Houck at, at, Minnes- at uh, Montana, and I may have said this on the air last week or last couple weeks, Bobby Houck at Montana, who's had great success there, didn't have great success at UNL, but he told me, he said, you know, in fact, I think it was after Scott got hired, he said they had to go back to the option. He goes, the option is the single greatest offense ever conceived in the game of football. He said it is impossible to stop, especially when you don't only see when you don't see it. And he goes, that's why Tom was so was so great, because everybody else has got nine or ten games against something else that everybody else is doing. But then you gotta go play them. A they do it right, and B you never see it, and then they you know, they bury you. And he said, it, but nobody wants to run it now because you've got all these quarterbacks and these receivers, and they all think that they got to be, you know, placate these 16 and 17 year old recruits who want the ball, but they really don't care about winning. There's an there's an announcer on TV at this very moment who once told me that they did not want a Tom Osborne offense in his at his program because they ran the option. And I told him, you guys used to win games or lose games 60 to 56. We used to win games 56 to 6 yeah, all the time. And yeah. you don't want the option, right. right, because it's not what you want. You don't think it's fun, but we're winning all the time, and we're burying people, and we're demoralizing people. So when they line up in whatever defense they come out in, then they ought to go, all right, this wasn't what we planned for. <laughs> we'll watch this. 
the the argument against that you there is no to argument. There, the argument against it wins are style points. No, you you alluded to it. Those ah, you can't get recruits then. Totally, that, but, that's it. I but agree. here's the here's the deal, Bill. Like, you've been getting recruits. What's that gotten you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Like so. So to what end? Like you just want recruits for the sake of having recruits and then lose? We'll pick that up. Exactly. It's, it's a road show Friday. Hail but I am right. Hail Varsity Radio here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. We're here till 6. Come on down. Get yourself a table. Get a big old steak. Get some whiskey. Uh, we'll spend some more time <laughs> on Nebraska. Get, get some whiskey. We all need a drink. <laughs> we all need a drink. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio listen? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio Road Show on a Friday, every home football Friday here at the Single Barrel, their new location here. Uh, down inside the Graduate, it is phenomenal. They've got the uh, the uh, Top Golf Swing Suites. They are uh, your headquarters for caterings, for weddings, for meeting spaces. And oh, yeah, you can get a big old thick steak and say it with me oh, a whiskey. Uh, they have 250. I believe you better let me drive this time. Uh, they have 250 whiskeys from around the world here for you. Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, Mr. Mark Cranach. Yeah. Yeah. You, you look weird. I mean, fa- these I've, aren't your rosary beads. What, uh, you're fidgeting about tomorrow, aren't you? I've tried playing whiskeys. <laughs> he is not. He, he is not. Uh, reminder, well, when, when we go on the road, we have some wonderful folks who power those road shows. Aero Brokerage, a fully serviced real estate brokerage operated here by local, inst- local real estate investors. And they specialize in real estate, a mighty team that helps clients in all aspects when it comes to buying and selling and staging and investing and much more. And, uh, when you uh, think of Arrow Brokerage, uh, be sure to contact Jenny Limbach or Marcus Schmidt and can email brokerage at arrowlincoln.com or the website is arrowlincoln.com backslash brokerage on the socials, Facebook at Arrow LNK or on Instagram at Arrow underscore Lincoln. So we have solved Nebraska football's problems. Yes. Go back we'll to the option. Go back to the option. Mark Cranach, president and founding member of Run the Damn Ball. <laughs> And I've been Martin, saying it for a while. I and, was always laughed at. And Bill Dolman, bring back the option. See, you're taking it a step further. Okay, run the run ball, the guys, damn, more accepted now. Run the damn ball now. and bring back the option. Now, but now you realize Simple on its enough. surface how ridiculous that sounds to some people. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do get that. But I'm also sitting here looking like everything else has been tried. And at least if you commit to something like that, you can recruit the guts of it locally. You really can. You can get the farm boys. You can get the smaller kids or the smaller guys that you can that you can beef up. You you would have a definitive identity, a definitive one. Not not. A, I'm watching Virginia Tech, North Carolina right now. There, that might as well be Nebraska's offense. There is nothing that distinguishes Nebraska in terms of what they do, like uh, uh, offensively, defensively, philosophy wise. Well, nothing. The Hokies just nothing. ran for minus three on a well, uh, handoff up the middle. But Nebraska's offense looks just like anybody else's. Sort of offense formationally well, and otherwise. Not special anymore. And look, you're supposed to be a developmental program offensively. Can you tell me the people that have been developed? Just, just, I mean, just, like, can you name? 
you can maybe name a, like five human beings. So <laughs> I'm serious. That you can say have developed well. Put somebody in a really specific, definite system, which, as we've seen, we've tried a lot of different things here. The only thing that has consistently worked is what you're talking about, Bill. It's the option. And I know it sounds ridiculous, and it sounds like, oh, you're living in the 90s, but it's like, no. But this is not this is not the option. And Tom's option was not, you know, the, the Barry Switzer wishbone offense with J.C. Watts and, and Charles Thompson and those guys. You know, I did a lot of work one summer for Tom, actually, you know, comparing off Nebraska's offense in the Big Eight yep. um, for, you know, going back 10 or plus years or however long he'd been running the option since the early 1980s. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska's passing game was the most efficient of all of the Big 8 rivals, Oklahoma, Missouri, and all those quarterbacks that they had. Yep. Nebraska's offense, with its option, was the most <laughs> pass-efficient and whatever those formula, formula, formulas they have in the NFL and all that, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. But in terms of touchdowns per pass attempt right. or passes over 10 yards or whatever the case might be, yeah, they may only only thrown it you know, 15 to 19 times a game, and 19 seems high. Yeah. But when they did, they were successful with it. Big chunk and, plays. And I go back to the 94 game against Colorado. When Colorado's coming in here, I think we were both like one and two and two and one in the national polls, and it was sellout number 250, and they're going to come in here, and they're going to roll us. Tommy's not playing. we got Brooke, and Mike Minner's not playing. But they're going to roll us with Rashawn Salam, Michael Westbrook, and Cordell Stewart, that big offensive line that they had. Richard. Yeah, yeah. This, this game was over before it began. Well, it was over before it began because I remember that, you know, Colorado players bouncing on the end, and then the tunnel walk happens, and they all watch TV for a while. Bill McCartney said, game was over then because they're watching Tommy Frazier and Mike Minner walk down the tunnel with Tom. Is like, wow, that's pretty cool. Look at that. And we rolled him, right, 24-7. Yeah. But I also remember him saying after the game, we didn't expect him to throw to the tight end as much. <laughs> not, you know, not some wacky play, right. not some trick plays that Nebraska had to go. We didn't expect him to utilize the tight end. Like Gerald Armstrong is all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> right. Michael Westbrook or yeah. Pritchard or somebody like that. No, we ran Mark these butt Bavaro, hook and 10-yard pass. Pillman, <laughs> right? know, yeah. We ran these, yep. like, 10-yard pass plays with, you know, Gerald Armstrong and other guys on fullback traps and ran the option, and Tommy threw efficiently. And that game was 24-7, and it could have been 48-14. And is this looking at it too simply when – you look at the evolution of defenses, which are primarily designed to stop spread and to play in space, which primarily means you've gotten kind of smaller and faster mm-hmm. on defense, right? I mean, just generally speaking. You don't see a lot of 260-pound middle linebackers or anything. So you're smaller and you're, and you're quicker right now. If you had a super physical, large, imposing offense, right, and, and you committed to using that advantage – of size, power, brute strength, those sorts of things. Wouldn't you think that that would hammer most defenses and how they're constructed right now? I don't know. Ask the uh, Tennessee defense after the third quarter in the 98 Orange Bowl no. when we ran the ball 21 out of 22 plays and Leonard Lindell is waving the white flag and shaking Scott's hand at least after Leonard the third quarter. At least Leonard wasn't driving anybody. <laughs> right, well, but right? 
Right? Look, I, look I, I, I get it. We're, we're talking nostalgic here. But there, there is a place to put some plays in where if you're lining, if they're lining up with you and, you and it's like, wait a minute, we weren't expecting this. Okay, let's throw some things at them for about 10 plays that they're not expecting. They go, crap, they're going to go back and run left. They're going to run right. They're going to, we need to go back to whatever our base is. Okay, well, now we'll go back to page one in the playbook. But if you're going to keep doing this gimmicky defensive stuff or things we didn't expect, we're going to go back to Appendix A. <laughs> yeah. And we're gonna, and maybe we'll throw in that trick play to the tight end, you know. Yeah. Maybe we'll have pay, four pages in our appendix and yeah. go option left, option right, trap, and then that wacky play to the tight end, and we'll keep you guys honest on the other side. Think of the and I'm right. Think of the, you are right. The, the downhill element that was preached that you didn't really get a chance to see, and we were all kind of hoping and waiting for. All right, how's Adrian going to look off of play action? He didn't have hardly any shots no. to do play action because things were collapsing on him. Yep. And it gets back to why not sprinkle in some option elements? Doesn't have to be your offense, but man, you can run totally. it a little bit and and you can you can wear, wear out uh, some teams. And it's something they got to spend time on in practice, and uh, it can be kind of your go-to, i.e., part of that power run game. Guys, let's dive in. It, it was interesting to to look at just where college football is going to go. And you've got this uh, this alliance here with the, the, the Pac-12, the, the Big Ten, and the ACC. Now you have the Big 12 making moves. And hmm. as soon as Monday, you could have Cincinnati and Central Florida and BYU and in, in, uh, in Houston. Dana Holgerson's down at Houston. Yeah. They, they could uh, merge. And, and that, that looks on paper like a pretty good league. BYU's pretty talented. I don't know if, if six years ago... Five years ago, Central Florida would have been accepted then by the Big 12 if you're able to pry Scott away because he would have been in a, in a, in a Power 5. Uh, but this makes a lot of sense if you're the, you're, you're the Big 12 to, to make this move. I think you're pretty fortunate, quite honestly, to get really high-quality programs. Central Florida is pretty nails. We'll see if they continue to be, but Gus is good and proven. BYU plays anywhere, anytime. Houston uh, has had success. And now Cincinnati with uh, with Fickle, that's uh, another reason to keep him around uh, and and not jump ship. And if, if Campbell's ever looking to get out, now you you can be maybe be a player again for the college football playoff with these additions. Hmm. Okay, this you, is you, you uh, have you have behind the scenes this is knowledge th- of of conference realignment and, right. and some of these schools. Okay, th- this is a wonderful establishment. The was single it, barrel. single barrel, yes. wonderful place. Okay, reservations for dinner. You're going to hear Power of Five Conference Table of Four, Power Five Conference <laughs> Table for Four, and it's so the not, ACC, not the SEC, the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 has somewhat saved itself in you know whatever this alliance thing is, and the Big 12 is going to come to the go. Um, where 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 do we sit? And they're going to go. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay, Across that's uh, yeah yeah. We're not. Uh, Look, this is a this is a great. I love the Big Twelve. Wonderful people, and I've been a part of it. For, you know, was a part of it for a long time. But this this is this is trying to salvage something, yeah. right? And conference. Unfortunately, conferences uh, or college athletics is more than just football. Even though it is all about football. But what are these schools going to bring to the table in terms of all everything else with women's volleyball, with baseball, with track and field? And, you know, so I'm looking at it from from that vantage point, like, OK, yeah, you're 
you're going to bring in Houston, which is a huge TV market. Cincinnati's a good TV market. Orlando's a big TV market. And Salt Lake City's a great TV market. But there's there's got to be a whole lot more, and there has to be something where it looks like we're bringing these people into a community, and it, it I just don't see where wow. Nebraska to the Big Ten. I've always said made sense yeah. culturally. We, we you know we're kind of upper Midwest and and whatnot. Yeah. But this is this is trying to have a, a sort of a shotgun wedding and hoping that it's all going to work out. And I just don't see culturally what the fit's going to be like with not just football, but with everything else. And I know you get the TV markets, like you mentioned, but look, using that logic, Fordham brings the New York market. They don't because no one, right? Yeah. So even in Houston, come on, nobody's really cares. None of those are TV draws. They're not going to give you huge numbers ratings-wise. There's very little tradition with any of those four. They just they are not quite a power five conference with this uh, with this adjustment and with adding these five, but they're not necessarily G five either. They're like a classic tweener. PG, you know? like they're, PG thirteen. They're they're a two seventy <laughs> they're a two seventy five hitter, right? They're just sort of like they're just not quite two seventy five with thirteen home runs, and you're just kind of like, eh, not ever going to be an all star, but not anybody that we get to send back down to the minors. I don't know. They're just kind of in the middle. I, I don't see it having longevity of any sort because I think the whole thing is going to get upended and a couple of those member <laughs> institutions are going to get pulled out. I do know no. this. The other, the, the, other, the four that are at the table are going to be expecting the Big 12 to buy drinks. Yeah. And, uh, For a long time. A lot of whiskey opportunity here. The single barrel as Hale Varsity on the road, a Friday edition, 4 to 6. Friday forecast is next. Clausburn, back at it. He's in his 30s. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught pre-teen Swedish boy. Back here on the road, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We are at the Single Barrel, the new location here inside the Graduate. Is that a Fordham shirt? We have a Fordham. We have a Fordham fan in the house at the Single Barrel. I thought that was Fairberry. No, it's not Fairberry, Billy D. All right, they are uh, grubbing up, and uh, you yes. have more of a chance than you think. <laughs> with 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 the game tomorrow, not you. yes. No, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> that's what I mean with the game. With the game. Yes. With the game. Yeah, as, I have no chance as, with the homeboy that she's chilling. Her husband right? is deadly with yeah. that four. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, yeah. Let's get into the uh, Friday forecast. We welcome in. From parts unknown, he's imaginary and he wears red. Clausburn is with us on Hale Varsity here at the single barrel. Claus, do we have you? How you doing? Well, I'm doing okay. Uh, but if I understand that a fellow I used to spend quite a few Sunday mornings with back in the 90s is live and in person with you right now. Yes, uh, Bill Dolman and Mark Rainack are here. Bill, I just got to ask you, is, is watching Christopher do his show live like watching a puppy you train for months piddle all over the floor? Is that kind of the, the vibe you're getting? Well, yeah, it, it, it's very similar to that. But you know, the lead into this was uh, interesting because, you know, I've known him about 20 years. And when I first met him as an intern on Sportsman-like Conduct, people then thought, he was somebody from the old age home that was coming to help us out, like in his 60s smoking stogies. 
That's a good point. They're really going to have to update that liner fairly soon because I think we're pushing it on the 30s bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Elijah, let's get some music going here, partner. Uh, the forecast, uh, and we'll start off with Iowa City. They host Indiana. Minus three is the number. Elijah, kick start as Cowboy. What happens in Iowa City? Kinnick's a hard place to go play. I know we got a lot of takes to get to here, so I'll go pretty quick. Uh, give me Iowa by seven, 27 to 20. 27-20, Cranach, what say you, Iowa or Indiana? Iowa, a notoriously slow starter. Indiana with Penix at the helm. I think uh, I think Indiana gets a win by four. Okay, score? Uh, we'll go 26-22, which makes no sense because that's very hard to achieve those scores. 26, I just pulled that out. 26-22. Yeah. Uh, Bill Dolman, what, what say you? Well, I didn't do a lot of uh, prep on this, but I, I, I do think it's going to be a four-point game, and I look for a safety on a punt return, <laughs> and I'd say, uh, I'd say uh, Indiana 3-2. Okay, three, <laughs> three to two, Indiana. Uh, I am put a win by four. I'm just trying to do the math there. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say uh, Iowa gets it done. 21-17, Hawkeye defense. Uh, good enough. I know 17 is a low number for Indiana and Penix, but I think the the run game uh, is going to be a problem, and, and Iowa finds a way. Claus, what do you think here, Iowa or Indiana? Well, the thing I'm most interested in is I know Indiana, uh, their colors are kind of like Oklahoma, kind of a crimson and cream kind of deal. But I understand that one of their uniform combinations uh, is all white. And apparently that's how the Iowa coaching staff likes it. So if that's how they come out, I think Iowa could win. But I'll take Indiana in this one at a Big Ten barn burner, 13 to 10. All right, let's head to uh, Madtown. We go. It's Wisconsin hosting Penn State, minus five and a half whiskey. Elijah, get us going. Uh, I'm still trying to get over what, what Claus just gave us, but uh, um, <laughs> I think uh, Wisconsin's a very good team this year. Penn State didn't play up to their level last year, uh, but I still got Wisconsin. Give me Wisconsin by seven, lower scoring, uh, 24-17, Wisconsin with the win. I think the air raid will eventually take hold in uh, Happy Valley, but it will not travel to get things kicked off. Give me Wisconsin 35 to, uh, yeah, we'll say 24. A win and cover by Wisconsin. Cranek? 31-28 Wisconsin, but Mertz is going to uh, probably go 50 of 50 like he did in his debut last year. Okay. Uh, Bill Dolman, what say you? I think Melvin Gordon is outstanding for Wisconsin. I see him rushing for over 400 yards, and uh, I'm going to take Wisconsin 3-2. Well, and Alvarez is a great coach. Yeah, Yeah. outstanding coach. Still coaching him. Claus, what happens here, Penn State or Wisconsin? Well, I'll be honest. I'm rooting for Wisconsin because I really don't understand why Penn State still has a program. I mean, SMU <laughs> pays players only slightly more than Texas. And Dan Beebe comes down on them like a Whataburger with cheese that threatened to leave his conference. But Penn State does what they do, and they're still allowed to go out there on the field each week and get rhythmically slapped by the Big Ten elite. So I don't understand the enforcement aspect of it. So I'm rooting for Wisconsin. I'll take them in this game, 21, and Penn State, 17. Uh, okay. <laughs> Rhythmically? <laughs> Rhythmically. Georgia Clemson, minus three. Clemson, uh, I'm going to go first. Give me Georgia on my mind. I think their quarterback play will be the difference. Their defense elite. And 
This may be a deal breaker for Dabo going back to the playoff. Uh, give me Georgia 35, Clemson 27. Bill Dolman. When you have Buck Ballou and Lindsey Scott teaming up, I, I could see a late-game touchdown with uh, Buck Ballou hitting Lindsey Scott over the middle for about an 82-yard touchdown, and uh, I say Georgia 3-2. Okay, Cranach? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Georgia's one of the few programs in the country that can compete with Clemson in, in the recruiting department, and you're right, I give them the edge at quarterback um, after obviously losing Jacksonville's you know, starter. So right. like, it's, it's not, uh, not going to be easy, easy for uh, Clemson to – um, hold off a team that talented. There's no way they cover that minus three. I, I, I got Georgia winning by probably actually about 10. Okay. Let's go with uh, 30-20. All right. Uh, what do you say, Elijah? Oh, you're going to bring me? I thought we were going to Claus there. Uh, I was I was moved on from this one. Uh, I, I'm kind of with all you guys, and I want to be different, but uh, I, I think this Georgia team is really good. Clemson lost a lot of talent this year, including Trevor Lawrence. So uh, I, I got to roll with Georgia. Uh, Georgia 38 and Clemson 28. Claus, what do you got here, Georgia or Clemson? Well, I think Georgia's probably one of the most overrated programs in college football history. But on the other hand, I don't trust Dabo. On one hand, he'll get you to the championship about every year, every other year. But then sometimes he'll just completely lose his mind and start talking about how the fluoride in the water is turning the frogs gay. So you never know what kind of Dabo you're going to get. It's a really tough game to call, but I'm going to take Georgia in this one, 38, and Clemson, 31. Okay, uh, here's what's going to happen. We are up against a hard out for our affiliates. We are going to hang on. Claus, we are going to give you ample time to uh, give us a Nebraska prediction. Same with you, Bill Dolman. Same with you, Mark Cranach. Same with you, Elijah Herbal. Chris Schmidt, we're here at the single barrel the uh, new location as they are inside the graduate we're here every home football friday and you are invited out we're here four to six and uh over 250 whiskeys to choose from and enjoy so that is uh something to keep in the back of your mind incredible dishes we see we we have some fordham fans here that got out of the bronx Yep. which is good. And uh, we'll have our Nebraska predictions here with the Friday forecast here live at the Graduate Hotel. The bourbon, the the, uh, the bourbon here at the Single Barrel, I've not had any yet, but, man, it's going to be good in about 10 minutes. Uh, we'll, uh, is Henry us, Rollins coming? He might be. Bill Dolman's Henry <laughs> Rollins story is undefeated. Uh, the Hale Varsity Roadshow continues. The Nebraska prediction next. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time here, Home Football Friday at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Bill Dolman, Elijah Herbal. As we crank back up the Friday forecast, our predictions. And uh, we are on to Nebraska Fordham. Some places have this thing at 38 and a half. Some have had it at 40 and a half. But it's Nebraska. It is Fordham. And Elijah, kick us off. 
40 is a, a big number to cover, and uh, as I've said a couple times, if you've bet against Nebraska every single time uh, that Scott Frost has had a game at Nebraska, if you've bet against them in the line, uh, you'll have made a lot of money. Unless they, uh, that, that trend's going to continue. Uh, I think Nebraska gets close, but give me Nebraska. Uh, I'm debating between 41 and 38, but I'll go 41, Nebraska, and uh, Fordham 7. Okay, I don't know that Nebraska gets to 40, let alone covering 40. Huskers 38 and uh, Fordham 17. Cranach? 45-20 Nebraska, and I think it's a couple special teams and or defensive scores that get you up to that big number. So you think the the offense offense is still horrific? I think, you know, but I think Nebraska's depth and, and, uh, you know, they'll be superior when it comes to special teams. Well, which sounds crazy, I know, but I'm talking just like depth not, and talent fine. and all that is, yeah. Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. You know, I think the first Nebraska football game I saw was the uh, game of the century in 1971, and I've been coming to games periodically uh, since you know 1973 or so, and not once has Melikar's gas station been wrong with its prediction. Ah. <laughs> I saw 43-12, and I'm thinking there's no way that that is wrong. So, uh, how can you beat Melikar? 43-12. 43-12. Claus, it's yours. What do you say? Well, I, I've got to be honest. I didn't know Fordham had a football team uh, until this year. So I decided to, uh, to give up my space uh, here for a special guest, Fordham's most favorite alum. Do you mind if I put him on the line here really quickly? Please. <clears throat> there you go. Hi, everybody, and a pleasant good evening to you wherever you may be. It's time for Dodger baseball and my prediction for the Nebraska and Fordham football game. But first, a little business to attend to, and that's the leadoff hitter for the Dodgers, the right-handed hitting second baseman, Trey Turner. Now, many of you may remember me from my most famous of sports calls back in 1988 when I said in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. And the first pitch to Turner is low and away, ball one. Now, I think we can agree that after last weekend, it's not impossible that Fordham might beat Nebraska, but it sure is improbable. Many of you may not have known that I attended Fordham. (laughs) And if you're like my friend, Claus Byrne, you probably didn't know that they had a football team. 1-1 fouled away, and it's 1-2. But like the great Indian catcher Jake Taylor said, we have uniforms and everything. Now, I do ask the Nebraska faithful to live up to their reputation of hospitality. Now, you're saying, why? Why then would you ask us to be hospitable to the 12 or maybe 13 people who might care enough about Fordham to come to the game? And the one, two, foul away and we'll do it again. (laughs) The reason I bring it up is because, as I understand, for those of you who don't put on a blue vest every winter and pretend you weren't rooting for the scarlet and cream all fall, you may have a problem <laughs> with small Jesuit schools 
from the big city. One, two, oh, and away, ball two. Now, I assure you that Fordham fans, when they care enough to go to the game, are there to watch the game and not drink overpriced wine and eat cheese crumbles in the concourse. And that one is outside three and two, and the count is full. So while I don't expect a victory for the Rams, but rather a slaughtering of the Rams, I do expect <laughs> I do expect the Nebraska hospitality to hold true even when they win the ball game by a score of 49 to 10. And that ball is hit deep and she is gone. Just like me on another Friday forecast. Good night everybody. Well done. Ben, Claus, all of you. Claus, thanks for the time. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back at it. Weekend edition tomorrow at 7 a.m. Get on out to the single barrel. Take care. Oh, my God.